the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 12 for the week of August 22nd, 2005. Greetings, folks, and welcome. I am Dave Hamilton from the Mac Observer, and this is the Mac Geek Gab. I'm here with John Braun. Hi, John. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Dave. Boy, boy, this took us a while to get up, uh, to, just to get to this point. <laughs> yeah, it's been, uh, it, it, as, as, I'm, as I'm sure some of you know, in fact, I know some of you know, because I started getting emails today. Uh, uh-huh. We are a, a day late. And uh, and we're we're actually using a very non-optimal setup here. I am uh, actually in Austin, Texas, standing in a hotel room here at the uh, Intercontinental Stephen F. Austin. I'll talk a little bit about that a little later. Sit down. No, actually, I can't. The way I've got my microphone set up, I uh, I'm standing for the show, which is which is a good thing because it's eleven o'clock at night for me here, which is midnight for John, I think now, or getting close there. It's getting close, yeah. So I'm I'm back, man. I got I got the got the, the I returned the old piece of junk cable modem and I got a new piece of junk cable modem, but Yeah. And that's why the show's late. We tried doing this last night. We fought for about an hour and a half until we realized that John's uh, cable modem, though he thought it recovered from the lightning storm a week ago, it did not. So that's why uh, we're a day late. That's why I'm doing this from my power book. That's why we are we're getting probably more latency, meaning delay between John and I than we normally do, because normally I do this on a dual G4 that's uh, just smoking. and, And this machine is a well, it's a single G4, and it's not smoking, at least not for, for this sort of thing. But it seems to be keeping up for now, so we're going to uh, keep moving. And uh, and this week, we're here to talk about uh, – what are we going to talk about? We, we had talked last night about uh, talking about our – the ways that – the things we do to make sure our Mac is running the way we think it's running, or at least the way we want it to be running. And so we're going to explore that topic a little bit. And, uh, yeah. Well, before and, we and do I'm that, sure we'll, though, I'm sure we'll. Yeah. Well, I've got to close up the. Uh, so, so you know, I had the. I was going on because you know I'm gonna complete the story here, but you know, I went on in our last. Uh, you know, one of our prior uh, casts about. Uh, you know, brought my. You know, my power book um, had issues. Sent it off to Apple Care. Got there real quick. Came back real quick, but they didn't fix the problem. <laughs> So, so I spoke to like a level two Apple guy, and he's like, "Well, you know, you should probably bring it to an Apple store." Unfortunately, it's in a, a very nice Apple store in Danbury Mall here in Connecticut. So, brought it there, right. explained the situation to him, and uh, they did pretty much <laughs> the same thing I did. They waited for a box. Uh, the nice thing is, you know, being able to track it pretty much through its whole uh, you know life cycle. There, the only thing is, I had a different uh, the dispatch number began with an R. I'm guessing because it went to the retail store. Oh, I bet you're right. Yeah, I've had, I've seen that on uh, on computers that I've sent through. If you, if you do it through the store, and, and although I've got to say, I've, my experience in doing it through the store has been the same as yours, in that it was the second time through for that same repair. So you never know. R might be a you know redo or or you know, return oh, you know, or something like that. Yeah. 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 But uh, the good news here is that they took the extra step and the part that was. Uh, working which was the rear of the display they uh they got around to replacing that so um 
So that's it. That's it good. Dis display housing. So that's replaced. It's not about to fall off the back of the computer and it's kind of freaking out. So, uh, and what's funny too is that I, I don't know if it was punishment, but I looked so at wait, this. So wait, tell, tell the readers. Tell the readers what was going on, and, and you'll have to excuse us. Like I said, the latency is is greater be, for whatever reason tonight, probably a lot of reasons. And so as we go to interrupt each other, there's a little delay before we realize that we're being interrupted. So, mm-hmm. um, But anyway, I was I was interrupting you for the sake of explaining to the readers exactly what the problem was with your, your PowerBook. So go ahead. So the problem was, and I learned what the part was called because I was having trouble describing it, but basically the metal on the back of the display, which includes the apple that you can see lit up, that metal was starting to become detached from the rest of the display. And uh, my best guess is there was some sort of adhesive or something that holds that on. Because it wasn't the screw. There's a couple screws in the display. So, you know, I thought it was that. You know, I found a, uh, you know, a hex wrench and tried to see if the screw was loose because I actually had one of the other screws that was left fall out one time. That was another repair that was pretty simple. But, you know, when I sent it to them, they claimed to have done something. When it came back to me, it looks like all they did was replace a screw, but the problem still existed. So, uh so yeah, so they replaced the display housing, and it, it looks brand spanking new, and it's working great. They even replaced one of the little feet on the bottom that uh, sometimes fall hey, off. Hey, that's nice of them. PowerBooks. I noticed, and I'm like, oh, isn't that, that's nice. But I think it's punishment, or just to keep things consistent, is that the same technician worked on it. Because I looked, and on the order, it gives the technician ID. It was the same same individual. So. So I guess hey, that's if great. They give it to them once and it doesn't get it right, they, they give it back well, probably because they're the yeah. maybe the best one to well, look at it again, maybe not. <laughs> well that's smart, right? You know. Okay, so kudos to Apple, they fixed my hardware. I'm I'm happy and I'm willing to take this on the road. I'm not afraid that the whole rear of the display is gonna fall off. Well, that's good. All right. Well, I, I, and uh, hopefully the audio will hold up for us. And I'm going to stop apologizing for it and just move on and, and know that we're we're sorry. Anyway, um, so on, on to the ways that we keep our Macs running as smooth as we can. The first thing I use is, uh, well, of course, we talked about menu meters before, so we're not going to talk about that again right now. Um, but I do like to know what's going on with my Mac. And the activity monitor, which is found in the uh, applications utilities folder, mm-hmm. is, uh, is one of my favorite tools to keep things, uh, to, uh, to make sure things are running right. And what you can do is you can open up activity monitor and it shows you a list. In fact, uh, if you if you go up to the, uh, at the top of the activity monitor, there's a filter menu kind of over on the right. And if you change that to all processes and then click the percent CPU column, it will list all the processes running on your Mac and show them in order of who's using the most processing power. Um, and that's, uh, that's a handy little handy little trick. One thing, though, that I've noticed is that the activity monitor itself is not perfect and that it uses too much processing power. Uh, <laughs> and what I've... <laughs> you know what I'm going after here, John? I think so. Uh, normally, it's 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 going. It, normally, it's it's kind of polling all these processes and figuring out what's going on, and it's doing it every second or maybe every two seconds. That mm-hmm. in and of itself can actually add to the overhead required to run your Mac and slow your Mac down. So if you and, and rarely do you need it to to be that up to date. So what what I do is is go up to the View menu and go to Update Frequency and set it to Less Often, which makes it update only every five seconds. And that's a persistent setting. That 
will that will stay in the preferences so that if you quit it and relaunch it it uh, it comes back up so hmm. that's uh that's that's my first thing here and i've got more but i'll i'll switch yeah, to yeah. you unless you uh yeah, I, I like so. that one. You can, of course, also get to the, uh, if you are running menu meters, if you are doing processor uh, utilization with menu meters, it gives you a menu choice when you click on the process util uh, processor utilization to open an activity monitor, which is nice. That's right. It's um, at the bottom, at the bottom of that list. Yep. Yes, I'm with you. I, I used that, and we actually had, like, we, we had a few folks write in. Uh, it was something we talked about once before, but... They were saying, hey, you know what, ever since I upgraded a Tiger, I've noticed some processors uh, chewing up time. One was, I think, VS Shield, which uh, That's right. you know, yeah. for those who uh, use in virus, so I found that we're going to get people shaking their fists at this. You know, there's there's little or no viruses to speak of on the Mac, except Windows-specific ones, or, or like, I'm sorry, the Microsoft, like, macro, Word macro viruses and stuff, which are cross-platform. Isn't that nice? Um, yeah, they do. They do go cross-platform. The word is is these days. It seems the word on the Mac is pretty good at dealing with those all by itself. Um, that that's been my experience. I know it's not perfect, but uh, as I've said before, and I'll say again, I, I don't run any virus protection software on my Macs that I use on a daily basis, and have yet to regret that decision. So uh, I, I'm hoping the day doesn't come when I when I reverse that decision. But uh, of course, anything's possible. It for for those of you out there, the the the, the Mac isn't really any better in this regard. It, it, it's not that viruses couldn't be written for the Mac. It's simply that Windows has a larger market share, and the folks that are out there writing viruses want to make sure they're targeting the majority or have the best chance of getting their virus spread. And frankly, you know, you're going to do that better with 90% than you are with 4%, and and so that's I'm why gonna, that's why this happens. I'm going to differ with you on that. All I right, yeah, go ahead. Differ. I, I say, well, just because I see that whenever. Whenever you try to do something that, that you know has the potential to destroy your Mac, a properly written application will prompt you for an administrator password. That is something that I really don't notice happening on Windows. That's true. So I would differ That's that the true. architecture, the way that a good application is put together provides uh, an additional level of protection. And then the, there are some issues with the Unix nature and protected spaces and all that, which is a, could be a whole you know, show in itself. But um, Well, remember, but I though, say, I mean, XP you know, is built... XP is built on top of VMS, which has all that same file protection, or at least the capability of having all that same file protection. So... Yeah, but I'm just, you know, you know if, it, if it was as easy, uh, but I will agree with you is that, you know, because you're going for, you know, if you're, if you're a, you know, a little strip kitty or, you know, a little, you know, uh, social maladjust who uh, can think of nothing better to do with your time than write a virus and ruin people's lives, then, um, yeah, you're going to go for the bang for the buck. But um, just the fact that I have the only things that we've seen and, you know, they have been. I think not properly reported in the uh, the press for the most part. Is like, ooh, a Mac virus, a Mac virus, and, and the things that we have seen, I would say, I, I would classify more as malware. Is that it's stuff, right? That right. You, you gotta inst you gotta consciously. It's not like it sneaks on there. Is that it's something that you know, like you install it and it runs a program that formats your hard drive. Well, you know, don't install that then. Whereas, you know, you see the, the, the buffer overflows and the open ports and windows and 
and you know, stuff can kind of sneak in there, and you're really not aware of it. So I think the yeah. nature of that's a the good way point. The, yeah, yeah. So uh, so I'm with you on the uh, the market share thing. I'm I'm not with you, though. I don't have the full technical justification, but uh, but I'm going to say that there are things fundamental to to the Mac OS that uh, make it more difficult to write something that kind of wreak havoc, but. That's true. Yeah. Well, you're right with the with the authentication. That that makes that's a that's a very good point. It, you can't do anything horribly damning, though. Although, it, you could write a program or run a program to delete everything in your user folder, or at least your documents folder, and that wouldn't require permission. So, you know, not that I want to give anybody any ideas here, but yeah. uh, you know, it, it's possible, right? Right, because that wouldn't require permission, because it's it's all just owned by you. But mm -hmm. uh, but you're right, yeah. Safari, Mail, none of that stuff will run anything without being very very explicit with you about it first. So yeah, and uh, just to guard against this, folks, if you don't already, make a backup every now and then. <laughs> yes. What do you use for oh. backup software, John? Um. You know, I was using Retrospect for a while, but then they had like a lot of applications, which you know usually disappoints me. It's, it started. Uh, there were some issues as they started upgrading OS ten, and it was. Uh, I don't know. I found that the, yeah. the the Norton stuff, in my experience, had that too. Is that as soon as there was a major point upgrade, all the Norton stuff broke, and I, I had some experience yeah. like that with Retrospect and. Really, what I do, we've mentioned in the past shows, but you know, I do the uh, well, two things now. I, I do the carbon copy cloner again because they did fix it in ten four two. They fixed something that was broken in ten four prior to that. So carbon copy cloner That's did right. authenticate, yes. but now it works fine. We've had uh, listeners um, and readers, but mostly listeners, uh, tell us about that. So, uh, so that's great. But yeah, I pretty much choose Carbon Copy Cloner. I don't. I, I also get very nervous with backup programs that try to do incrementals and differentials, and so I just back up the whole darn thing, and I get a drive that's big enough. So, um, so those are pretty yeah, much my that solutions. works. Yeah, and uh, back to Activity Monitor. You know, the, the other part of it I do like, although Menu Meters does it to an extent, but they have a very nice network monitor as well that gives you uh, a little more information. Um, about what's happening. Yeah, I, I like the network monitor. Let's you let you know what's going on. That's right. That's right. Now for backup, I actually still use Retrospect. I, I lived through the the OS ten problems, and uh, and, and it, it's actually working fine now. They, they, you're right; they're always a little bit behind because they they talk directly to at least some hardware, and so it it, it something always breaks. So. Uh, but it's working fine now, and that's that's what I use. I have it run uh, every day, backing up to different drives. So, you know, there you go. All right. So, uh, All right. so that's one of our favorites there. Uh, let's see. What uh, other ways to make your Mac run a little bit better? You know, one thing I've one done recently you. is – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, every now and then – now, this is something that's the good and bad news with Unix is that uh, – you do have, and actually I ran into this in a, a couple of episodes ago, that um, uh, when I was backing up my drive and I, I didn't click the right box, and uh, it seemed it was because I didn't set permissions right, but this is something you may want to do every now and then, and that's run disk utility, and you can do this to any drive. Um, you know, the repair you can really only do to uh, certain types of uh, mounted volumes, but repairing permissions you can always do. And uh, every now and then running that and making sure that anything whose permission got 
fiddled the wrong way. Um, checking the permissions will fix that. And I, I found that just doing that on a fairly regular basis uh, is, is not a bad thing. Yeah, well, I'll extend that one further. I actually use a program called Cocktail, uh, available at macosxcocktail.com. And I, I believe it's about uh, 25 or 30 bucks, but uh, it's well worth it. It will go through and do all sorts of background maintenance. It'll repair your disk permissions. It will... Um, do uh, it, it'll clean out all your caches, which is very, which is a, a very good thing to do on a regular basis. OS 10 sort of keeps a log of, uh, not a log, when when it does certain things, like when it starts up the computer or launches different programs. OS 10 saves the results of those operations, and if it's going to wind up doing the same thing or accessing the same data, rather, it will go and read them from this cache as opposed to going and finding the data, scouring the drive, and and, and all that. However, those caches can wind up having lots of old data in them, and that uh, that can that can certainly slow things down or, or cause problems. So, this will clean out cocktail will clean out your caches. It will run all of the periodic maintenance that your that your Mac does behind the scenes. This is especially good for PowerBook users who don't leave their computer just running all the time. There are certain scripts that run in the middle of the night or once a month or once a week, and Cocktail will do all that. So I, I know they don't pay me to say this, but uh, but I, but I, I say it anyway. Uh, Cocktail is one of my favorite little utilities. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if I want to mention so that's uh, that's cocktail. Uh, wh- one other thing that uh, Tiger introduced that I'm not a big fan of is the dashboard. Uh, don't get me wrong; I-, I think it's a cool idea, but I haven't really found a whole lot of use for it beyond finding cool things to put in my dashboard. But I, I don't really use it a whole lot, and I know I'm not alone. I, I th- actually, I think John might disagree with me, but uh, I know there are others of you out there. And there actually is a way that I found on, on one of my favorite sites called Mac OS 10 Hints, and that's macosxhints.com, to turn off the dashboard, and uh, I'll link to, to their article about it. But you can go to the terminal and type a command, and, uh, and it, it turns off the dashboard cuts down on a little bit of processor usage. There can be widgets out there on the dashboard that, that use quite a bit of, of processing power at times, and some of them are less well-behaved uh, than others are. So that's, uh, that's one of my other favorite things to do, just to make sure there's nothing running behind the scenes that shouldn't be. So, mm-hmm. so there you go. Yeah, well, why, why don't you wrap us up with, with one more? Yeah, I like, I like that. I'm still intrigued enough with some of the goodies that they give you with Dashboard. Like uh, one thing they just came out with, the boy, oh, boy, this is a blast from the past, is our friends at Ambrosia released Easy Envelopes <laughs> as the widget. And the thing is, to me, it's a blast from the past because even though they never released an OS X version of it, I'm still running the version that worked under like OS 8 or 7 or something. I mean, it's amazing that it still runs under classic and it works and it's just a great little envelope printing utility but they came out with a widget yeah. for uh that, that does very uh very similar functionality for uh, addressing envelopes put a you know a usps uh or uh, you know post net barcode on it which helps speed it along uh things like yeah. that now you know there is one thing i do which you know this will get some of the you know uh apple uh you know, fanatics, um, which we are sometimes, but sometimes not. Oh, we'll yeah. Get them shaking their fists at times, that's right. But, uh, that's right. you know, sometimes a restart 
every now and then is probably not a bit, especially I, I would I would preach that. on no, brother, not not on a regular <laughs> bit. Now I have heard, especially you know I know folks that work in data centers, especially ones that are Windows based, and uh, a lot of these folks, though you know Microsoft's never going to advertise this. They, as a regular rule of thumb, will reboot their servers every week. Um, yeah. Just to you know, it just now, clears out any. I, I know why. But, I know. I know the answer here, though. I know why people are going to yell at us, be, 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 and they're going to say, "Well, wait a minute, Mac OS X runs Unix under at least under mm-hmm. the hood, or it's based on Unix, right?" And mm-hmm. gosh, Unix doesn't need to be rebooted. I have a Unix server that's been running for X number of years, is what they're going to say. And you know what? I'm going to stand right alongside them and say, I have a Unix server that's been running for three years. And it's the server that runs, that shows you MacObserver.com. Or it, maybe it's not been running for three years, or but it's been mm-hmm. six months or eight months or a year or whatever. Um, and my experience with Unix has been that... A Unix machine doesn't need to be rebooted as long as it's doing the same thing all the time, right? You're running Apache on it. You're running MySQL. You're running something that's just a consistent operation doing the same thing, using memory the same way. And you're not quitting and opening and closing and quitting and opening, you know. All that stuff that we do when we treat our Unix machine as a desktop machine are the things that make it so that it needs to be rebooted. That's been my experience anyway, and I do. I find that my Mac, if I reboot it, you know, even once a week, like John said, that's uh, that, that's a, a good rule to, to follow, and it really doesn't take that long. So, Yeah, no, especially, no, I will, no, especially if you're like uh, Dave and I and uh, install all sorts of weirdo stuff uh, from who knows where. I mean, you know, people write software. People aren't perfect. Therefore, some software out there is not going to be perfect. And even if it's on Unix, it may have memory leaks. It may be going where it shouldn't. It may just be, you know, the programmer didn't know how to call something properly or there's, you know, a, a you know feature in OS ten that, you know, isn't as uh, reliable as it should be. It can happen. But, you know, software is done by people. Oh, yeah. Computers are done by people. They're not perfect. So I'm with Dave. So, you know, if, yeah, if you're doing a well-known app, like you're running an Apache server on, uh, you know, uh, Linux or something, and it's doing pretty much the same thing all the time. Even, even OS X. Even running Apache on yeah. OS X. If that's, if that's what your machine does, fine. Let it roll. Uh, you, you're probably going to, as long as you have a decent compile of it and you're not running some wacky module, it, you're going to be fine. But yeah. if, uh, you know, if you're treating it like a desktop computer and, and launching and quitting all these different apps, virtual memory, and I use that term loosely because OS X's virtual <laughs> memory is is not quite what uh, what what the Unix folks know as virtual memory. But we'll get into that maybe another maybe another episode, right? But quickly, Mac OS X doesn't really use a, a separate swap partition. It creates these swap files that are dynamic and it's wacky. So anyway, that that whole thing is fine. Now, what I have found, of course, is if you don't want to reboot your Mac if for some some reason of, of uptime pride and you you want to, to salvage that, you can just quit all your apps and let it sit for about 12 hours. And then your Mac uh-huh. sort of goes through all its gyrations and it will actually reduce the amount of virtual memory that it's using and, and clean itself out. But frankly, I find rebooting in, in about you know two minutes much faster than waiting 12 hours. So that's just me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. actually, you can one one cool. We, oh, go we, ahead. We didn't mention this in activity monitor, but you uh, you can choose to, but be careful if you do highlight a process, you can kill it. Oh yeah, there's a little you icon. Can. You highlight it, you can stop it, which 
For things that are running away like crazy, like consuming 100%, you don't know why, you may want to kill well, and it And if off, you know what it is, right, if it's Safari or Mail or iTunes or, you know, what, something you know of and it's, run, it's running away with the processor, go ahead and kill it. But if it's something called Kernel or Mock or something like that and you don't know Cups, yeah. well, Cups is Well, you know what makes for a fun game, actually, is just keep killing off random <laughs> processes until your machine stops working. No, we do not recommend this. If you do this and you destroy your machine... If your own fault, not ours. <laughs> yeah, chances are you won't destroy your machine. You may lose some data if you've got applications open and you hadn't saved anything. But chances are, if you do that, you won't lose. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you won't. You won't destroy your machine. But you could, I guess. Uh, yeah, anything's possible. So I, one thing back to rebooting that, that that's just one of my favorite little tricks is that you know when you reboot your Mac and you get that progress bar that goes along the uh, you know the screen there, John. It's uh, phony. It doesn't do anything. It, the last time your computer rebooted, it calculated how long it took to boot up, and it mm -hmm. saves that information to a text file. And then when it boots up again, your Mac fires up this program that displays a process bar for X number of seconds. It reads the number of seconds out of that file and displays the bar. And I'll see if I can't find the name of the app and, uh, and post it to the show notes. You know, but, I was kind uh, of wondering you, about yeah, that Tiger. Yeah. It seems to be really quick. Yep. And it it's it's phony baloney. Same. Uh, yeah, well, it's going to be close. Yeah, yeah, but it's phony baloney. It it is not tracking progress. It's it's simply a psychological. Uh, you know, it's it's built for humans, right? You know, th those humans. of us that need to see humans, right? <laughs> for those of you Star Trek fans out there, uh, it, it, it's built for. Yeah, well, we're geeks, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's built to keep us placated while the computer does that which it needs to do and uh, actually has to do it slower because it's got to worry about drawing a process bar, too. So. Mm. And I got to say, All right, you folks. Know, oh, but what, what, you know, for the Star Trek guys, I got to say that I really like the final episodes of Enterprise. When they did the, uh, <laughs> it was called In a Mirror Darkly. And, you know, I always love those where all the good characters turn into evil and or uh, you know people with too many hormones or something like that. it's just great those were some of the best episodes is that, is really that like Spinal days. Tap where the drummer turned into slime no that's that's, just, <laughs> that's different that's, that's a different kind of geek right <laughs> but those are uh, yes yeah I do believe so so uh so on that note so uh, yeah Star Trek's gone well you know we, we got some good years alright well, we thank you for uh, for listening. We thank you very greatly for listening. Uh, we still have a ton of Gmail invites and are happy to give them out. Just email us, macgeekgab at macobserver.com. Please send in audio comments. We want to play audio comments, so please send them in. Vote for us at Podcast Alley. They play the top ten at Podcast Alley on the Serious Pod Show, and we'd appreciate uh, you, know, you voting for us. So that's why we ask. If not, that's fine, too. MacObserver.com slash podcast. Thanks a lot, folks. Have a great Bye. week.